Hey God, thanks so much for a, a chance to gather this morning for these fellows on the stage who sang with us, led us this morning. Thank you for them. Uh, just the, uh, the power of the male voice. Love the ladies' voices too, but it's just cool to hear the guys belt out praise to you this morning. Uh, you're, you're worthy. You're deserving of our praise, of our lives. And we pray that we would uh, increase in our uh, surrender and that we would submit more and more to you, God, that would be available to you in your mission and that we'd honor you uh, by always being ready to give an account of the joy that's with us, within us. I pray as we talk this morning that you get out of my way. Uh, or <laughs> you know what I meant. I pray that I would get out of your way, God. <laughs> and that you would honor this, this request. Everybody's praying for that right now. No, no spell check in prayers. Anyway, um, God, you uh, reign and you reside over this teaching, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Who's ready for a break? Anybody ready for a break? <clears throat> I don't know where to go from there. You know what I meant. I say it every week. I mean it every week, too. I went to Bass Pro Shop for the first time yesterday. Uh, for some of you, that's your other church. Uh, it was okay. I liked it. Uh, I loved uh, just kind of walking around. Couldn't see any of the clothes. They're all camo. I just, there wasn't, you know, it was just all blended into each other. That's not very funny. But uh, they had this big fish tank in the, in the Bass Pro Shop. Do you know about that? I, I, it's a pretty cool one here, this one. But uh, at, I think it's the mothership in Springfield, Missouri. I think that's where Bass Pro Shop emanates from. Uh, I went to that one, uh, you know, uh, back in college, and their their tank there is like the, the width of our room, and, and it's just immense. It's huge. It's like its own lake. And I remember the, the day I went, they were doing lore demonstrations. A guy got up on the top of the edge of this tank, and he was just tanking some crankbait or something like that and just tossing it out on this, this huge, you know, man-made tank where bass live, right? And, and just, you know, watch this. Watch this amazing crankbait as it, you know, never fails to catch a bass. No kidding. They didn't feed them the day before, I'm sure, right? <laughs> of course, you know, you're going to sell crankbaits left and right because these bass, you know, they're, they're kind of trapped in this tank. I mean, it's shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, you're, you're, you're throwing this crankbait out there, and, and they're like fighting over it because they think it's, the, you know, the food that, you know, they, they require. Uh, that's, if, if, listen, if I could go fishing like that, I'm not a big fisherman, uh, and I, I would say that you, I, I'm not a big fisherman because I don't like fishing. I like catching. Like, if you guaranteed me that every time we went out, uh, I would catch a bunch of fish, I'm there, man. Let's, let's do that. But if I'm just going to go out and get sunburnt on the bay, I mean, I, you know, I can do that in the backyard. I, I don't need, uh, you know, to take the effort and the time to get skunked. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about going where the, the going is good, fishing where the fish are. And uh, making sure that we're, we're not wasting our time where the fish are not, or where the fish are not ready uh, to, to receive what we have to give to them. If you're not picking up what I'm putting down, uh, we've been talking in the last two weeks about uh, these missionary journeys that this guy Paul and his friend Barnabas, that's what it starts with, um, are, are on. They're, they're basically going out uh, from a place called Antioch, and they're starting the church, the early church in the first century, uh, in great part was established by Paul and Barnabas on these mission trips or fishing trips, whatever you want to call it. Jesus got his first disciples together by saying, hey, come, follow me, and I will make you what? Fishers of men. Let's go fishing. Let's go tell people uh, the good news that I have come uh, so that they might receive, and, and let's see who, ta- who bites. Let's see who we can 
uh, see come into this faith uh, that I have come to provide. Well, Paul and Barnabas, uh, you know, some 15, 20 years after the death of Christ, are now uh, in the process of making that happen. And, uh, and they're on these, these fishing trips, these mission trips, uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're gonna, we, we, we've seen them, uh, you know, be sent. A couple weeks ago we saw that happen. We've seen them land first in Cyprus and teach there. They came up, you're going to see this is a common theme all summer. You're going to see this. They're going to come, preach, have success, and then be opposed, right? And the fishing's going to go bad. Like, like I, got, I live by a lake now. <clears throat> I know where not to fish. I'm not a huge fisherman, but I know where not to fish. Don't go out in the middle of the lake, you know, uh, where, where the water's super deep. That's not where the bass hang out. They're up, up by the grass and up by the shores, and they love to be in the crags and all those places. I know where not to fish. And, and Paul and Barnabas, uh, they were learning, hey, here, here's where we need to fish. Where people are ready and receptive, we share the gospel. Where people are uh, rejecting and reviling, hey, we move on. I think this is important for us to know because here's the deal. If you weren't here when I started this series, I think everybody's called to the mission. Like we were saying in that video, it's not just for the professionals, it's not just for the experts. The Bible says that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, as Jesus said this to his first disciples, go and make disciples. Basically, in the Greek means, as you are going, make disciples. Be ready to make disciples. And it doesn't distinguish which disciples are going to be able to make disciples. It just says, hey, all y'all, it's in the Greek, it's Texan. All y'all just be ready, wherever God gives you opportunity, to put some Jesus in there, and let's just see what God can do in the lives of your friends and family and the people that you do life with. But some people, listen, here, here's the two, the two major stops in the mission that God has given us. One, we're chicken. And when I say we, I mean me and you. We're chicken. We don't want to mix things up, mess things up by putting Jesus in there and making whatever relationship you know, he could enter into weird. <laughs> I was out uh, golfing the other day, and uh, my buddy Mike and I were playing, and he said, hey, is it okay if a couple other guys play with us? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm social enough. So I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, they start playing, and the dudes that were playing with us, I mean, the first hole, it's just F-bomb this and F-bomb that and dirty joke and F-bomb, F-bomb, and we haven't even teed off yet, right? <laughs> and so off we go, you know, and Mike's kind of smiling at me. and Whatever. It's no big deal. Uh, uh, anyway, let's not get in Mark past Mark, but anyway, that was not a problem when I was younger, okay? That's not a big deal. Try not to do it as much anymore. But we're going on, and I, I, know it's, I know it's coming. I totally know it's coming. Somewhere along this first nine holes, one of these dudes is going to ask me what I do. Happen on hole number five. So, what do you do here in, you know, lovely Brandon? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I work, I try to always say it in a way that's not going to, like, weird them totally out. I, pre- I don't come to, I preach the word of God. You know, I don't, like, you know. <clears throat> I always try to disarm it as much as possible. But it still just lands like a brick. I, I, uh, well, I work at a church. Crickets, right? I mean, it's just, oh, which one? Uh, well, you know, Bay Life Church is up there on Kingsway. One of the guys knew, the, the, you know, the guy I like most who was the chief cusser, you know. Uh, he actually said, no S-bomb. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what he said. <clears throat> I'd never had that response to me saying to someone, I was the pastor of Bay Life Church, right? And, uh, but, you know, it got a little different. He told me about growing up in a Baptist church and stuff like that. 
And uh, to his credit, didn't, you know, didn't change a whole lot. I, I like it when people don't weird out. But, the, but, but the, that's our chief fear. If I bring Jesus up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be you know, Antarctica out here. We're going to get a deep freeze, right? It's just going to get strange. And so people, that's my point. People just don't bring it up because we're afraid. That's another sermon for another day. But here's the other reason that people don't tarry or, or continue on with the mission is that they've, they've tried once or twice and they got rejected. I mean, I put it out there, took a risk, and the dude just laughed at me. Or it did change our relationship. I lost a friend. Uh, you, you know, listen, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe I just don't know what to say or how to say it. Or, you know, so, so I'm, you know, I tried, but I'm done. Hey, everybody look at me. Uh, Jesus said a, a couple things in his lifetime to his disciples. He talked about people hating him. He said, people hated me. Guess what? They're going to hate you. Okay? Uh, uh, people aren't going to receive this message. It's not a popular one to hear that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. You're going to be rejected. Uh, what, what was his big call to, to following him? Pick up your what? Cross and follow me. Hey, this isn't going to be, you know, a frolic in the meadow all the time. People aren't going to accept what you have to say. But here's what, he, here's what he teaches us. In his own time with his disciples, we'll see that in a little bit. But also here in the book of Acts, it's like, hey, man, go where the going is good. Don't be flippant and just blow people off. We'll talk about that. But listen, always be ready. I believe that God is always ready to use us in the lives of people around us if we'll just engage, if we'll just try. So don't worry about the failures. Look for the next successes. Don't worry about the rejectors. Find the receivers. Always be ready to give an account of the joy that's within you. And God will follow you and be with you in that process. Well, we're in the book of uh, Acts chapter 13, and uh, we're going to see uh, the story unfold today. If you were here last week, we talked about these guys leaving Cyprus, Paul and Barnabas. They sail up the uh, Mediterranean from Cyprus, this big island right here, and they go up from Cyprus to the, basically the, the coast of Greece, Asia Minor at the time, and they start kind of moving inland in a region that we now know as Galatia. If you ever read the Bible and read the book of Galatians, that's a region there in the south of Asia Minor. And uh, they end up in a town called Perga, and now they're in a place called Pisidia, Antioch. And uh, they've, they've gone into a synagogue. Last week, we, we read that story. They went into the synagogue. The people at the synagogue, which is a Jewish church, uh, said, hey, you got anything you want to share with us? And Paul's like, hey, don't mind if I do. And Paul launches into his first sermon, his first recorded sermon here in the book of Acts. And he takes these, these Jews here at this uh, you know, Jewish church, the synagogue, on that Saturday, he just says, hey, here's, here's our history. And he starts with the, the, the story of Abraham, uh, the first chosen amongst the Jews. And he just proceeds from there all the way up through the, 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 the story of Moses and the conquest of the land of Israel and the judges. And he eventually terminates on the kings of Israel, Saul. And he talks about this guy, King David. Heard of King David? Anybody heard of King David? And he says, there's going to be one that comes from King David who is your Messiah. And this is his big punchline, his big this big moment, he says, hey, guess what? The Messiah came. Th- this was big news in a Jewish synagogue. They'd been waiting for hundreds, if not thousands of years, for this Messiah to show. And Paul and Barnabas says, guess what? He did. His name's Jesus. And they continued to use the Old Testament scriptures to prove that Jesus was the chosen one, the Messiah of the Jewish people. Well, look, look what happens next. And we're going to see that when we, when we get out there, some will hear and want more. After this message, 
Some are like, I got to get more of that. But look what it says. It says, as they went out, the people, this is at the end of church, okay, at the end of, of, of his time of, of teaching, as they were leaving the synagogue that morning, people came up and they begged Paul and Barnabas to come back the next week and teach this stuff again. Now, we're such a gracious and loving church, and you guys are so nice to me, but never once has anybody in this church ever come up to me after the church was over in the, in the corner and just got on their knees and said, Mark! You have got to come back next week and tell me more about Jesus, please. I'd like that to start today. <laughs> no, we don't do that. Why? Because, we, you know, many of us grew up in the church. This is just what we do on Sundays, you know. And it's not that we're not excited about the gospel, but we've heard it before. But these Jews in this place, you know, in this, this outer rim of the Mediterranean had never heard about Jesus. And when the message came down, I mean... It's like, oh, don't stop preaching. I mean, I know you got to finish today. you got to go on, but are you coming back next week? Please tell me you're coming back next week. They got excited. I remember the first time I came online with Jesus, like truly came online with Jesus, like more than just going to summer camp, you know, as a middle schooler or a high schooler, but just truly um, accepted Christ or believed in Christ or, or took hold of Christ for myself. I was a 19, 20-year-old kid in college. Part of my testimony, I just kind of coasted through most of my uh, pastoral father uh, upbringing. My, my dad was a pastor. Like many of you, I just grew up never not knowing anything else. There's a lot of negatives there. But uh, um, just wasn't that impressed with Jesus. But when I was 19, 20 years old, I was playing basketball in college and it blew out my ankle. And uh, just one thing after another kind of domino started to fall where uh, I was just kind of immobile and in place and uh, uh, kind of uh, overcome by the spiritual. We don't know a whole lot of that, but just had a lot of spiritual warfare going on around me that I hadn't been used to or hadn't at least noticed before. And uh, I, I don't know how otherwise to explain it except to say that Jesus just broke through. He just broke through to my life, right? And the things that just a week before had been uh, the subject, I was going to a Bible school, I went to a Bible college, and uh, so I got graded on my, you know, Christianity. It was like that was how I got grades. Uh, but, but just what a week before was the subject of term papers and tests was now something that was deeply personal to me. It happened uh, that, that I you know, came online with Jesus during a week in our, our school's calendar where uh, we basically broke from the regular curriculum and we had these guest speakers coming. It was called Founders Week and a big deal in the community at my little Christian college in Chicago. And all the alumni, you know, it's kind of like uh, homecoming. All the alumni would come back and listen to all the great preachers of the day, Howard Hendrix's and, uh, you know, Chuck Swindoll's, all these guys would fly into Chicago and they, we just all go listen, like all day long, preachers all day long. In the years before that I had to go to that, I was like, oh, when can I leave? Church all day, you know, not something I was looking forward to. But when I finally came online with Jesus, I showed up early. I sat in the front row with my cast on my ankle because I'd been hurting basketball and I just... Man, I took a notebook. What? What? I took notes. Then I'd go home, and I couldn't stop reading the Bible. Have two and three quiet times a day, get up the next morning and do it again. Now, I wish I could tell you that that had persisted. Wouldn't that be great if uh, every day was just preaching all day and studying God's Word all day? I mean, even I, I, I'm a pastor, and I get paid to come here and be a Christian. But uh, it's still, you know, lots of other things kind of creep in. But if you've ever experienced that, if you know what I'm talking about, where the Holy Spirit took hold of your life and your eyes opened, the veil, like it talks about in Hebrews, the veil dropped, 
and you saw God and his grace for real and you got excited about it, then you know a little bit what was going on in the synagogue. People are getting fired up about the greatest news that any one of us could ever hear. Some of you are sitting here and like, I don't even know what you're talking about, Mark. That's what this church exists for, or, or the reason it exists is that God, by his grace, sent his son so that he could save us from our sins, and that's the gospel, and that's the best thing that ever happened to any human. And everybody in here who has received that, I mean, we can kind of get this blasé with it, but that still is the best thing that ever happened to anybody in this room ever or will ever. Is everybody with me on that? And when you let it excite you, it's pretty, pretty exciting. And so things are going good. This was, this was fertile ground. To drop some seeds. Look what happens next. It says in verse 43 that after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, uh, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism. And those were former Gentiles who had heard the story of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and had become Jewish with all the rights that uh, that required um, circumcision. Anyway, um, and uh, they, they, they said, Paul, Barnabas, uh, we, we want to hang out with you. So that's what he did. So uh, they, they followed Paul and Barnabas. Uh, who, as they spoke with them, Paul and Barnabas spoke to these people who were following, they just continued to urge them to continue in the grace of God. So here's what happened. Hey, are you coming back next week? Yeah, we'll come back next week, totally. Well, what are you doing for, between now and next Saturday? Well, we're just kind of hanging out. We're new to town. You want to come along? Oh, we would love to. i got some time coming to me, some you know, personal days. And so they, they broke from their jobs or they broke from whatever, and they just started hanging out with Paul and Barnabas, asking him questions, talking to him. And, and this is so important for us, especially as we go. Did you know that most of the times, and I think I've mentioned this before, but most of the times I've had a chance to share my faith with somebody, it was not on the schedule. I think ministry happens in the cracks. In the times that we're just not anticipating it happening. And listen, I will tell you, as often as you come here, please bring people with you. We'll talk about Jesus. I'll post up here after services if you want your friend to come and talk to me about Jesus. That is awesome. Let's do it. But I will tell you that most people that I've known uh, when, when they soften their hearts to Christ, it's not in a church service. I mean, some of you, that's how it worked. But, so, but many people, it's in a conversation. It's having donuts and talking with folks. I, I used to play basketball uh, at a gym in North uh, Texas, uh, Dallas. Uh, and, and, and we would, uh, you know, play pickup basketball at 6 in the morning at this community college. And in between basketball games at the water fountain, I brokered relationships with dudes who found out I was a pastor, Right? And, uh, and, and we just started talking about Jesus between pickup games. That turned into a, a Bible study with a bunch of these uh, guys who, who never went to church. It turned into a few of them making decisions for Jesus Christ. Where did it all start? Well, at the big shindig at, you know, the, the local church on Sunday. No. It started with us just, well, them making fun of me for being a pastor is how it started. You know, don't touch him. You know. You'll get zapped. No, that's not how it works. Well, how does it work? And then off we go, right? Look what it says next. It says, um, the, the next Sabbath, the whole city, almost the whole city, and think about that, almost the whole city gathered at this little synagogue to hear the word of the Lord through Paul and Barnabas. Okay, I don't know how many people are in Bar- or Brandon. It's like, what? 250, 300,000, is that what it is, the greater brain region? All statistics are true when you make them up, just so you know. Anyway, um, but there's a lot of people, okay? Uh, this thing seats about 1,000, almost 1,100 folks. Not right now because we took some seats out so we could put the sugary carbs there. But if we, if we had 1,100 seats in here, are we going to fit 300,000? 
Now we're going to have a crowd. We're going we're gonna to be backing up Kingsway if almost all the city comes to hear about uh, the grace of Jesus Christ. Can I, can I let you in on a secret? I pray for that all the time. I pray that the whole city would show up at our church and the other churches that preach the gospel and they'd hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and Brandon and Tampa and Florida and America and the world would be changed. Is everybody with me? But in this actual town, we don't know how big it was. I don't anyway. There's probably a book that'll tell you. But in this actual town, almost the whole city, it says, showed up. That is some serious excitement. How did that happen? Did Paul and Barnabas go person to person and invite every one of these people? No. They got to talk to some people who got to talk to some people who got to talk to some people, and all of a sudden, it is the place to be on Saturday. Show up at that synagogue. I heard it's going to be good. You know who the best people are at sharing their faith almost always? New Christians. Because they haven't had the joy of the Lord beaten out of them by church. Think about it. Isn't that true? Bears out in the scriptures. How about that woman at the well? Remember that woman at the well? She meets Jesus. They gave this whole religious discussion about which mountain they're supposed to worship on and all this stuff. And he says, well, you know, there's one who's coming. When, when he comes, we'll worship in spirit and truth. She says, oh, yeah, we're waiting for him. He says, guess what? It's me. And she comes face to face with her Messiah. And what's her reaction? Well, I got a few questions for you. Why do bad things happen to good people? Is that what she does? No, she drops her watering jar, runs back into town in the middle of the day, sweltering sun out there in the desert, and starts just putting people in headlocks and saying, you're coming with me. The Messiah is out by the well. And she drags most of the town out to meet Jesus. And it tells us in that story in Luke chapter 4 that most of the town trusted in Jesus. Why? Because Jesus went into town, never came close. He was just hanging out by a well. Guess who brought them to Jesus? The woman that, it's, man, it's so great when people get excited about Jesus. More people end up getting excited about Jesus. We're going to do these, it's kind of a clunky segue, but I'm excited this summer, or this, excuse me, this fall, we're going to start these groups called alpha groups or alpha classes. And it's this, this kind of environment where if you have friends who aren't yet Christians, I call them not yet Christians, uh, if, if you've got friends like that, that you want to just kind of engage in spiritual conversations, this class is entirely set up for that. It's been done all the way, all around the world, Europe and all these different places. And it's just this, this kind of discussion group where you come in with your friends and they're not Christians and they just want to ask questions. And it's this non-threatening, low-pressure system, you know, that you can just kind of ask those questions. I'm so excited for those things. And I, I would love for us to pack those out. Because we're excited about Jesus in our lives, and we're excited enough to tell someone else about Jesus and bring them to something that could help them or, or engage in them in conversations so that they can listen. The, all of this is so, is, is so we can know uh, when the going's good, that's where we go. We go where the going is good. And when the going's good, people want to hear more. But sometimes, <laughs> just so we're clear, sometimes when we get out there and the going seems to be going good, people are going to hear and they're, gonna, they're not going to want any of it. The persecution's going to come. People are going to be like, no thanks. Uh, sometimes they're going to be uh, way more bombastic. They're going to be offended. Isn't uh, that, that, that a great way to bring a conversation to an end? Uh, bring politics or religion in? Isn't that like kind of the, the social rules, don't talk about politics and religion? Um, and especially religion. You know, you, you bring up Jesus in some situations, it's a full stop, right? It's because people don't want to be talk to about that. They want to hear about that. Now, look, look what happens uh, in, here, here in this story. So, so this whole, 
or almost the entire city shows up. And, and when the Jews in that synagogue, who the week before had been listening to Paul and Barnabas, apparently, you know, willing to hear what he had to say, uh, when they saw all these crowds coming, what does it say they were? They were filled with what? Jealousy. What a weird thing. I mean, you'd think that as, as the Jews in that region, they'd, they'd want what was happening, that everybody would come to their synagogue and hear about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, but because, <laughs> because Paul and Barnabas, one week in town, had been able to generate this kind of excitement, uh, the leaders of this synagogue, or maybe the adherers to the Old Testament laws and, and, and you know, the, the disclaimers of, of the, this message that Paul and Barnabas were teaching, they kind of rallied together and they said, hey, wait a minute, this is out of control. We've got to start getting control of our own house again. And so as, as Paul and Barnabas get ready to talk, uh, they, they contradict what they were saying. That's not true. That's not what the Scripture teaches. And it says they reviled him. This is, this is like, this is not pardon me. This is not excuse me. Can I, have a, can I say, just say something? This is, not, this is not that kind of polite interjection. They are standing up and they're yelling, Boo! Boo on whatever these guys are saying. Get them out of here. It's like an NBA Finals game. You know, you're in Golden State and LeBron's got the ball. Boo! They're on the other team. Got kind of aggressive. It goes on and it says, verse 46, Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly. That, that was their uh, uh, way of dealing with this reviling. And if we're going to go volume, let's go volume. I'll just speak bolder and louder. Here it is. And this is what they said. It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, referring to the Jewish people uh, here in this town. He says, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the who? The Gentiles. Yeah, um, <laughs> he says, since you thrust it aside, that word thrust is like vigorously push, like not just kind of, eh. this is like, ba-bam. Since you thrust it aside, this truth that we've brought you, and this is great, this is kind of a, a, a backhanded Insult? I don't, is there a backhanded compliment? I don't, whatever. Uh, they're just kind of digging here is what they're doing. Since you thrust it aside, and you deem yourselves or judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, since you're so good and so smart that you don't want to take what God has to give you through Jesus Christ, since you've deemed yourself or judged yourself unworthy of what you really need, well, guess what we're going to do? We're going to turn this party loose. We're, we're stepping out of this synagogue, and we're going to start sharing this good news with people uh, who aren't descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In verse 47, they, they give their scriptural uh, backup for this when they quote Isaiah 49, verse 6. They say, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you, the Jews, a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. It's in their Old Testament. These guys in the synagogue would be like, Oh, yeah, that's what that says. Yeah, that's Isaiah 49. Uh, they never understood it to mean what Paul and Barnabas are using it to mean. Uh, they thought that we were just special and God was going to use us and we were, you know, a blessing to the rest of the nations. But they didn't understand that the blessing that the Jews were meant to be was to be the, uh, the line or the, the ancestry that the Son of God would come from, that the gospel would come through the Jewish faith and the Jewish religion for all peoples. That's what Isaiah was talking about in Isaiah 49. Anybody remember when Jesus was born? What do we call that? Who said Christmas? 
give that guy a Sunday. Anyway, uh, yeah, Christmas time, Jesus is born. Eight days after he's born, it tells us in Luke chapter 2 that he goes into the temple to, to be you know, circumcised like all the other Jewish boys. And this guy named Simeon, anybody remember Simeon? Simeon's this old dude. He's been hanging out in the temple. And he sees Mary and Joseph with Jesus. And he walks up to Jesus. And he just kind of takes them. I always picture it like Lion King. You know, ah, bah, 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 bah. You know he picks Jesus up in the air like that. And uh, he just, you know, uh, <laughs> you guys don't picture it that way? No, it's okay. <laughs> but he starts just conferring blessings over this this child, and he, you know what he quotes? He quotes Isaiah 49, verse 6. He says this. He says, I have made you, this, this baby, a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. He quotes it right there. Pretty cool, right? Paul picks up on that here in uh, Antioch, Pisidia. And what's his point? Hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna branch out. We're going to spread this out. If you're going to reject it, if you want none, Guess what we're going to do? We're going to take it to the ones who want some. So what now? So how, how does this affect us here in the world that we live in? Just three things. First thing is this. If you haven't picked this up yet, please, when you're sharing your faith, go where the going is good. Go in the places where God uh, has prepared a way for you to share the gospel. So, so let's talk about that. When the Gentiles heard this, uh, maybe they were amongst the, the hordes that were gathered around the synagogue. They were outside, just curious as to what Paul and Barnabas were there to say. When they heard this, though, they began rejoicing, high fox, and glorifying the word of the Lord. This message, not the Bible, it hadn't been written yet, but the message that, that these disciples, these apostles, Paul, Paul and Barnabas, were preaching. They just, they just you know, extolled and glorified that this message that had been given to them. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Okay, this is a whole other sermon for another day, but this basically means that God appoints those who are saved. Everybody get that? And, and, and I still believe that we get to choose him. Like on the, on the front side of the door that goes into heaven is uh, to, whoever, uh, to whomsoever will, to the Lord may come. Okay, it's, it's us having a choice. And then as you walk into the door of heaven, on the back side of the door of heaven says you are chosen from the, uh, from the uh, you know, foundations of the earth. All right? I don't know how it works, but just that's how it works. So God appoints those who are going to be saved, even as we give people who have the choice uh, or give everybody the choice. But, but he says here, as, as many as were appointed to eternal life, they believed. It says, uh, verse 49, uh, the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Started there in this Antioch, Pisidia, and just went, bleh, ripples. More and more people finding uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ and following it with all their hearts. Um, the, the Gentiles, that's, that's where the going was good. And so Paul and Barnabas didn't hang out in the synagogue anymore. Well, we're going to go to where people are listening and where people want to hear this stuff. We're going to engage in whatever way that God wants us to. Uh, just as we are going, we're, we're going to share Jesus. There's this young guy in our church. Uh, he just finished college. He's uh, working on, uh, you know, finding his next steps in career. And he, he puts on a Facebook post, um, you know, his faith in Jesus Christ. Posts a video of a Christian teacher. And, and one of his old high school friends writes him back and says, Hey, Will, I don't believe this stuff. It wasn't like... You're an idiot. It wasn't, you know, nasty or anything like that. He says, you know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this really, but here's why I don't believe this stuff. And he sends back this really cogent, you know, kind of crafted uh, argument and starts engaging with his old buddy Will on, on just whether there's a God or there isn't a God. And so Will's like, all right, man, I'm in. I mean, it's electronic and it's Facebook and it's, it's us writing notes back and forth, but uh, I want to do my very best to 
to help this guy understand why I believe. So he calls me or emails me, and, and we start kind of crafting. And he writes the, what is it, in essence, a term paper. It wasn't even graded, didn't, didn't apply to any of his classwork, but he writes, you know, like this 10 pages from all these books that he read, Mere Christianity and, you know, uh, More Than a Carpenter, all these books that are basically apologetics books. And he just sends it to, the, to this kid, and this kid writes his stuff back. And they're having this ongoing dialogue. Why? Because, uh, you know, this, this young guy, Will, just started going through his, uh, you know, uh, 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 contacts and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nail this dude. No, he just put something on his Facebook that prompted this response, and he didn't just blow it off and say, you're an idiot for not believing God. He responded back, respond, 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 respond. And now they're having this conversation. I don't know where it's ended up, but that's how this works. If you put the lure in the tank at Bass Pro Shop, someone's going to bite on that thing and just be ready, you know, to keep kind of dangling it out in front of them until they bite, right? Uh, John Weaver was preaching over at the uh, the chapel there in, in Mango, which is going awesome. They put a new roof on it this week, so uh, no more rain and stuff like that or whatever. Uh, they tented it. No more termites. There's all kinds of great stuff going on over there. And John's the preacher. On top of all that, John's the preacher. And so John's getting ready to preach. He comes in. We're just talking before he left to go preach. And uh, He told me this story about this week. Uh, one of his buddies, Scott, has started a, a Bible study at a, a local uh, assisted living center. And uh, he's down there at Hawthorne doing a, a Bible study. And uh, John went and hung out with him on this particular day that he was doing his Bible study down there uh, with the uh, residents. And, and a lady raised her hand. They're in the book of Hebrews, and a lady raises her hand and says, okay, wait a minute. So what must I do to be saved? What? Just so you know, as a Christian, that's what you're praying to hear. That fish has come to the surface and has opened its mouth and said, put hook here. And I think that the leader of this Bible study was, you know, focused on other things, and he just gave her a quick answer, but wanted to get on with the rest of the study of, of Hebrews. And John was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he says, hey, I'll tell you exactly what you need to do to be saved. She said, I grew up, you know, going to the Catholic church, and then hadn't gone, blah, 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 blah. And I, I mean, I keep here. I come to this Bible study. I love it, but what do I got to do? He keeps saying I got to be saved. What do I got to do to be saved? John told her she trusted Christ. Ba-boom. Are you with me? And that's how this stuff's supposed to work. Now, some of you like, that's never happened to me. Uh, sorry if it hasn't happened to you. Does it mean it never will happen to you? No. In fact, I, I would submit to you that as you get in places where the fish are, and you get in situations where the opportunity could come up, well, hey, those kinds of things, uh, I believe God sets the appointments for them all the time. But sometimes, just so you know, so what on all this stuff? We need to go where the going's good, but we need to, I'm going to skip through the next parts of that. Keep going down. Yeah, that's where I want to go. We need, we need to move on from some of the mockers out there. For second time, I'm just going to move on to this. Look what it says. <clears throat> it says, as these Gentiles are coming to Christ, the Jews in that town, Antioch, Pisidia, they incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, and they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas. And guess what? They drove them out of their district. I don't know what that means. You know, if the cops came down and said, you know, we're going to have to drive you to the edge of town. Or, it, like, what I picture is that a huge crowd came to wherever Paul and Barnabas were staying, and they said, get out, and they physically chased, removed Paul and Barnabas from this region of Antioch, Pisidia. I mean, can you imagine that? Someone coming into our church, a huge throng, and I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they say, you, 
out of here. And they chased me down to the edge of Brandon over there by Home Depot where that sign is, right? You can't hang out in Brandon. And they just, they heard me. And I mean, okay, you know, and I'm just... And some of you guys are like, that's not fair, he's our pastor, but you're not doing anything because, you know, and so. But can you imagine that? That's what happened. They had to leave. So what did they do? They said, bullies. No, they didn't say anything, apparently. They got to the edge of town and it says they shook the dust from their feet against those who were persecuting them. And, and they just went on to the next town, which we're going to hear about next week, this place called Iconium. I find that very interesting. They didn't try to sneak back into Antioch, Pisidia. They didn't try to button up, you know, everything that had been started. They saw that this was not going to be a place that was going to receive what they were having to, you know, share. And they're like, all right. And they did this thing that's, you know, uh, uh, Jesus taught his disciples to do when he sent them out two by two. He says, you know, go out there, don't take a, a wallet with you, don't take an extra pair of clothes, don't just go out there, trust me. When you get into a house, stay there until uh, finally, um, you know, people have, have you know, heard. And, and, and then if persecution comes, he says, if anybody says uh, that they don't want to hear the gospel, he says, just shake the dust off your feet. It was a common uh, Middle Eastern expression of derision, uh, if, if you were displeased with someone, like if you walk through this region in, in Israel called Samaria, everybody heard of Samaritans? Samaritans were kind of this cross-breeded uh, mongrel uh, group of Jews uh, who had just some whacked out religious ideas. And so it was kind of like they had cooties. So if you went through Samaria, you'd get to the border of Samaria and head back into Israel. And as you were leaving Samaria, you would kick the dirt off your shoes so you didn't bring the cooties with you. And it was this, this form of like, you know, it's one of those, Right? Now, real quick, some people have read this stuff and been like, good, I've been waiting for a verse that could tell me I can just judge people left and right. Oh, I've been hoping for this. I'm going to go out today and I'm just going to start banishing people to hell because that's my favorite thing to do as a Christian is to shake the dust off my feet and decide who gets to go to heaven and who doesn't get to go to heaven because of their sins and what blah, 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 okay? Everybody look at me. Everybody who gets to heaven is a sinner saved by the grace of God. And if you look down your spiritually self-righteous nose at other people who have sinned, you have forgotten that you are just as dirty, just as nasty, just as reprehensible, and just as deserving of the, of the fires of hell as whoever you want to send there. Okay, the lineup getting into heaven, it's going to be surprising for lots of folks in here. Because you've been pretty sure of who's going and who isn't based on your righteous judgments, and they might be there. And some of the folks who you thought would be at the lead of the line, they might be going through the other door. Are you with me? So everybody be careful. This is not the Bible's authority for you to go out there and judge. But this is the Bible's instruction to say, hey, wait a minute. If people aren't going, if people aren't biting, if the fish aren't in the tank, let's move on. Let's be ready to share wherever God gives us opportunity. And then the last thing is this, in all things, maintain joy and spirit levels of full. Look at how this story ends. And you're going to see this through the book of Acts. It'll just, you know, have this like, at the end of a story, it'll have this wrap-up verse. It'll seem like just kind of like, eh, next thing. But, but it's not. It's huge. Look at what this verse says. It says in verse 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Oh, what a great line. Because it comes on the heels of what? Them being run out of town. I don't know if you've ever been like run out of town. Maybe some of you have lost jobs, been fired unceremoniously. 
Maybe some of you have, have had uh, marriages end and it wasn't your idea. Maybe some of you have gone through those kinds of disappointments. How do you feel? Do you feel joy? Do you feel the, the filling of the Holy Spirit in those moments? No, those are disappointments. I mean, things had, had just started percolating. All these people were coming to Christ. But this band of, of Jewish marauders comes in. And they just start pushing you out of town. I mean, lesser followers of Jesus Christ have just kind of folded their tents at that point, just been like, this doesn't work. I got a little bit of persecution. It's just not worth it anymore. What does it say about Paul and Barnabas? On to the next one. Joy, 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 joy. Everybody understand joy? That's a whole other sermon. But joy isn't happiness. Happiness can come from joy and should. But joy isn't necessarily, (laughs) right? Joy is that no matter what's happening out here, I'm good in here. God is my strength. My faith is my, my rock and my shield. And no matter what's going on out here, I'm going to keep going in here. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So was it rough for them to be thrown out of town? I'm guessing on some levels, absolutely. Was it an ender? Not even close. There's all of Asia Minor before us, Right? We can go tell more people. Where's Iconium? Punch up, punch up Iconium in your iPhone, Barnabas. Let's go. And this says that they were full of the Holy Spirit. I think this is the, man, this is, the, listen, okay. <laughs> no one comes to Christ except that Christ through his Holy Spirit draws them to himself. And we get to be kind of these faucets, these, these valves for the Holy Spirit. God threw us to them. Now we can either shut that sucker off and just ignore God in our lives with the people that we're in life with and just kind of carry on and do our jobs and hang out and be family or be friends or whatever and never bring them up. Or we can allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us to them and God can have the opportunity through us with them to make a difference in their lives. Are you with me? And so the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives us doing the things that will keep the Holy Spirit first and foremost in our hearts, us spending time in God's words, us praying for and with each other, us gathering in life groups, us hanging out at church, us being focused on the Holy Spirit is going to be what God uses to uh, unleash his Holy Spirit through us to a world that desperately needs Jesus. Are you with me? So isn't everybody glad that at the end of this disappointment, Paul and Barnabas, full of joy, Paul and Barnabas, still focused on the Holy Spirit. Think Iconium ever happens if those two things aren't in place? Well, they pack up and they go home. And so here's my final prayer for you as I leave for the summer. May God grant you and I big buckets full of joy. And may we be awash by his Holy Spirit. And may we go in life ready to give whatever he gives us the opportunity to give. May we be prepared to explain the joy that's within us. If people revile us, let's, let's go to another fishing hole. Not, not, not forever. Let's pray for another opportunity to reach friends who are like, you're an idiot. Let's pray for the people who think we're idiots. But let's not stop because they think we're idiots. Let's find the ones that will listen. You know, joy is the oil and gas, or excuse me, Holy Spirit is the gas. We're, we're these Ferraris, God's Ferraris, right? And God wants us out there sharing his gospel If the joy is in us, 
the machine, the machine won't seize up. If the, if the Holy Spirit is in this, we'll never run out of gas. We'll keep going. And that's my prayer for us as a church. Thanks for listening. Have a great summer. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy the carbs. Let me pray. Hey, God, thanks so much for a chance to talk about the joy that's within us. I trust that you pushed me aside and spoke in my place. I trust that uh, we, Lord, as a church, are going to grow in this area of being ready to share you with people who need you. So lead us to that, God. Fill us with your joy. Uh, Envelop us with your spirit. Prepare us uh, for the opportunities you're going to set up for us to share with our friends and bring many, many people. I pray that one day in our future, almost all of Brandon will gather outside the doors of this this church and the other churches in our region and clamor for the opportunity to hear of your good name. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.